Hello, everybody, and welcome to Adjusted. This is our episode 41, season three wrap-up. So super excited to spend some time with all of our co-hosts today. So with me, I have Allison Marlowe, Matt Yelling, Mike Gilmartin, Scott Fink, Hope Rometta, Natalie Dangles, and I even have our editor, Jacob Holmes, in the background. So we literally have the whole crew that was with us for season three. And I might even put Jacob on the spot today since he never gets any acknowledgement. So, Jacob, if you could say hello to everybody. Everybody. He likes to stay in the background, but we couldn't do it without him. He spends a lot of time cleaning things up and cutting out all my ums and uhs and things that I say that don't work out. And also does a really nice job cutting fire alarms and bird birds cheeping in the background and any of the other 800 things that can go wrong on a podcast. So we definitely appreciate his help. So if everybody, maybe we'll just kind of go around the horn and if everybody could just introduce yourself and what company you're with, that'd be fantastic. So we'll just kind of start in order that I guess I named people off. So let's start with you, Allison. Well, I'm glad to be back. I'm Allison Marlow, Chief Marketing and Innovation Officer at Berkeley Industrial Comp. And it was really fun to be back here in season three doing another episode with you, Greg. Excellent. And Allison's in Birmingham with me as well. So yes. we get to both enjoy the sweltering heat of the South in uh, July. So there's that. Yes. <laughs> so next up, Matt, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hello, everyone. This is Matthew Yaling. I'm with Midwest Employers Casualty. Our office is in the suburbs of St. Louis, Missouri, along the banks of the big muddy Mississippi. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me back. Matt, we're glad to have you. And of course, the other fun fact about Matt, if people haven't heard, is he started his own podcast with MEC. So if you run out of content and you're the kind of person that just can't get enough workers' comp podcasts, now is your chance. You can hop on board with Matt's podcast as well. So Yeah, it's MEC Connect. If you're looking for more enlightening workers' compensation information. There you go. There you go. All right. Next up, Mr. Mike Gilmartin. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Uh, Mike Gilmartin, AVP of Sales and Distribution at Key Risk. And I am currently sitting in the South as well in Greensboro. And it is too hot, Greg. It's like 97 degrees. So... I'm not here for it. I need the winter. <laughs> I uh, I grew up in the Midwest, so this is always a terrible time of year. And I usually have a role that I don't go west into our Las Vegas office in July. And I'm actually leaving today to fly up there. So, you know, while the heat and humidity is bad, once you get to like 120, it doesn't really matter if it's humid or not. It's just miserable. So that shows how much I love you, Natalie, that I'm coming out to Las <laughs> Vegas. <laughs> so next up's Natalie. You want to introduce yourself? Yes, I'm Natalie Dangles. I'm with Berkeley Industrial Comp. I'm Regional Resolution Manager. And I am in the Las Vegas office where today it's going to be a high of 107. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a little light. That's a little cooler than I was counting on. Bring your sweater. Natalie's on our team at Berkeley Industrial Comp and does a fantastic job. She's our regional manager out west. So, so that's Natalie. Let's go to Hope. Hi, I'm Hope Rometta. I am the Catastrophic Resolution Manager here at Berkeley Industrial Comp, and I'm out of the Lexington office here in the beautiful Bluegrass. Thanks for having me, Megan. Thank you, Hope. And I love Lexington, Kentucky. Lived there for about five years, and I will always have a special place in my heart. So 
probably the most beautiful airport that I've flown into. When you come in and see all the horse pastures and everything and the kind of the rolling hills, that's definitely a sight to see. So definitely is. if you haven't done that, you should check it out, guys. And then we have Scott Fink. Scott, you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Scott Fink. I'm the Assistant Vice President of Sales and Distribution I'm out of the Midwest and uh, certainly excited to be back, Greg. And you are out of Wisconsin, right? Yep, that's right. Which I don't hold against him, although it's hard being an <laughs> Indiana fan. For whatever reason, like it doesn't matter how good a team we have in, in basketball, they always find a way to lose to Wisconsin. So I always got to remind Scott of that. And he tries not to rub it in too hard when it happens year after year. So. It's difficult not to sometimes. <laughs> so, And he's in the only place that's actually probably not miserably hot. So enjoy the weather while you can before the snow comes, Scott. I will. Finally, we have Jacob Holmes. I introduced him briefly. Jacob's our editor. He's out of our office in Birmingham, Alabama. He wears a lot of hats. He's also a coins adjuster. So we're glad to have him help in this endeavor as well. And Jacob, maybe if you could share what it's like editing adjusted, maybe give people the uh, two minute or synopsis of what it's like having to get into the weeds and put together the episodes. It's mostly like Greg said, it's removing a lot of um. If you're like me, you don't like to hear people breathe into the mic. So I take out a lot of that. Yeah, it really is just a lot of cleanup. It's very repetitive, very detail intensive. So it takes a couple hours per episode. I think it's an average of about four hours of editing per episode of Adjusted. So I somehow managed to wrangle that and adjusting claims and doing some in-house IT stuff on the side in the office. He definitely wears a Superman cape, so we appreciate him helping with that. And there's a lot of time that goes in behind the scenes. So thank you for that, Jacob. Well, I wanted just to kind of go around the board a little bit and just give people's impressions. Some of you have done a, several of these. I think Mike and Matt have done a lot. Natalie's done one. Hope's done a couple, I think. And, and Allison's done several. But I wanted just to kind of get your take, guys, on what it's like to host an episode of Adjusted. So maybe we'll start with the pros. Mike, what, what, what's your take? Haven't done this for a while. Yeah, I mean, they're fun, man. I, it's, it's just like we said last time. It's like having a conversation with buddies. I, I think one of the hardest things about it is if the guest or whoever you're speaking with maybe takes it down a road you weren't expecting or says some things where you have to like correct very quickly and turn it the other way, uh, which you and I ex- have experienced. But it's fun, man. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy talking to everybody. I enjoy hearing other people's perspectives. And it's a good time. Even with you, Greg, I have a good time. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. And he's right. I mean, that is hard. And we've had that happen a couple of times where, you know, an episode, you know, we've, I've had the opposite, actually. Natalie had one where, you know, we, I always do an outline. It's just a brief outline because we try to keep it conversational, but it's just to kind of give me an idea of where we want to go with things. And Natalie and I, when we met with Dr. Detling, like he was done with every single topic that I had to discuss in maybe 15 minutes. So, so, so Natalie, do you want to talk about that experience and what it was like? It was so much fun being a co-host, but I did forget that Dr. Detling speaks so quickly and he'll answer anything that, you know, you ask of him, but I forgot he speaks really quickly and he was a great guest. And the one thing that I did learn from him and I wasn't aware of in the 14 years I've known him is that he had a prior shoulder and a prior leg injury in his youth, which is what attracted him to sports medicine. So, you know, I uncovered that during the interview, which was 
really interesting, but it was hard because you're like, oh my God, we're done. You know, he's answered everything, but he it was so quick. But it was exciting to co-host, especially being, you know, Dr. Detling's in Las Vegas. He's one of the first providers that taught me workers comp. I was a brand new adjuster. And now he's the director of the Vegas Golden Knights, which is so, you know, exciting out here. We love them. So it was, it was great. It was a great experience. I'd do it again. Yeah, no, and you definitely have to think on your feet in those situations because you're like, okay, well, how am I gonna <laughs> how am I gonna how many take this a little bit further and get a little bit more out of this so that there's it's worth everybody's time to listen. So definitely appreciate you, Nally. Now, Matt. On the other hand, usually if it's like a really complicated medical one, I'm like, I'm throwing Matt in the deep end on this because he has a lot of the experience at MEC when it comes to Medicare compliance, which I do not pretend to be an expert on. I think I know enough, hopefully, to keep us out of trouble. But Matt, what's what's been your experience co-hosting Adjusted? You know, as you said, we launched our own podcast here, and I appreciate now all the work that goes behind the scenes that Greg and Jacob and everyone involved with Adjusted does. There really is a lot of, of work, you know, just even the outline and getting the people lined up and, hey, here's, here's what we'd like to talk about. And, you know, I, it's, it's really easy when you're the co-host and you give me the script or not the script, but, you know, the, here's what we want to cover. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I can cover these, you know, five things. Like, and we bounce it back and forth. And I, I do like that it's conversational and, you know, yeah, there's some questions that are scripted, but a lot of times, probably more than half the time, we're going off script and kind of flown with wherever the person we're talking to takes us. So, you know, I learn as much from these as I thought I knew going into them. So it's it's been uh, informational and informative for me too. So just really enjoy meeting the different guests and and hearing a little piece of how they got into the uh, the arena of workers' compensation is always interesting. Yeah, that's been what's been the best takeaway for me in general has just been the ability to be exposed to people who are making an impact that I might not have ever have talked to. So, you know, and hopefully I would have found some of these things on my own. But when you're working on putting together podcasts, you want to have interesting topics. So some of the things like Plethi, where they're talking about remote physical therapy, I had never even considered that. And to me, this, I felt like this could be a game changer. So there's some of these ideas as we've talk to some of these people and explored them have been really eye-opening for me. So it's been interesting to see people who are changing things in the industry. Now, Allison, you've, you've done a few of them with me over the last, well, almost two years. What's been your experience? I've really enjoyed having the opportunity to host with you. It's been very educational. I think that's one of the things kind of following up what you were just saying. The way we continue to innovate and grow is from learning. And it gives us a great opportunity to meet new individuals who are, you know, bringing things to our attention that maybe we wouldn't have had the time or, or opportunity to learn from. And so my favorite, though, I have to tell you, my the guest that um, we're going to talk about, Tandika, uh, on the podcast today, she was amazing because she truly answered every question before we could answer it and made it very easy, though, to generate additional questions to talk to her about. And to me, the hardest part about a podcast is just when if somebody is going and you're going the wrong direction, like you guys mentioned a few minutes ago, trying to think of the right questions to get things back on person, you know, back on track <laughs> can be, you know, you gotta really be thinking on your toes. She was just such a joy. It was so easy. We, you know, for, from my perspective, we were able to just hop back into the conversation and it was just very fluid. And, and I love that the, even though we have outlines, it's not scripted. 
And That's so exactly we're not, right. this is not reality television. This is this is true conversation and, and getting to know individuals, and I think that's really very nice in today's society. I completely agree. I joke all the time that I have new newfound respect for Oprah Winfrey after doing this, just because it's hard. It's harder than it looks when you have stuff moving and you're trying to do it on the fly and put together the right questions to kind of move things along. Scott had the opportunity of actually. This was the first time we've ever flipped seats, and he actually interviewed me. And, you know, we had had some feedback of, hey, you know, you do all the question asking, we should, we should kind of have the tables turned. And so I agreed to do that. Scott, what was that like for you? Well, to answer your question, Greg, I, you know, I would echo kind of what, what everyone else said. And when someone's a good conversationalist, and I'm going to give you the compliment because you're the person I interviewed, it's, it's very fun that to have that, that conversation and to go through the podcast with them and, you know, the other thing I would say, just from the, the podcast as and as a whole in general, if if you're a bit of an insurance geek, you know, it's something to listen to. It's kind of like a, an FDR fireside chat for insurance geeks. So, you know, beyond doing the interview with you, I've enjoyed the podcast in general. Thanks, Scott. I really appreciate that. Let's move on to Matt. Matt, you've probably, you and Mike have done the vast majority of the co-hosting. So you've probably had a lot of exposure to different ones, but in the time that you've been doing this, Matt, what what really stood out to you? Was there an episode or a person you were part of the interview on that you thought this this is something that I'm going to remember? I mean, we talked a little bit about Plessy already, and you know that was really interesting. You know, and I I went one direction with asking him, hey, you know, like is part of this, you know, you know, supplementing the home exercise program, and are you finding you know injured employees aren't participating, or is it kind of a catch 22 and he he spun it around on me and i i wasn't trying to go negative or anything on it but he was super positive about the whole exchange and i think as we're comp adjusters this is one area where and i fell victim to this myself you know we get negative and we kind of see a lot of bad nasty things and we go down that kind of negative mindset rabbit hole and he really kept it positive and spun it back and said no this is not you know to catch that kind of thing this is to augment physical therapy. So if you're a physical therapist out there, he's not trying to put you out of business, right? But, and if you're an injured employee, it's not to catch you not doing your home exercise program or not doing something so that, that work comp can release you. It's really, you know, for the, how do we get these injured workers back to work as quickly as possible? How do we get them the best possible recovery? How do we ensure they're doing the right exercises at home? So he was really positive about that. And I really appreciated that. So that was one thing that jumped out at me about this year. The second one, and and you know, is you know, I'm jumping ahead probably a little bit, is you know, speaking with Joe Peduta. And, you know, I, I've read his blog for years and really had an opportunity to get get down and talk about, you know, his bread and butter on pharmacy and his knowledge of the the situation is is outstanding, and this is not a commercial for him. But you know, having that and hearing that, uh, like Scott already said, it, you geek out a little bit because this is what we do all day. So, and I, I think he even mentioned that at the beginning of that episode, like, "Wow, well, I don't know who's going to listen to this," but I was kind of like geeking out a little bit because it's to me, it's it's interesting, and I can talk about this stuff all day. So I really appreciated that episode and, and gleaned a lot from his insight into the situation of pharmacy as well. So those those two were probably top. I, it's hard to say because, I mean, we speak to so many interesting people and I mean, the you know, I don't want to get too far ahead on some of the other episodes we covered, but to me, those were probably 
two of the big highlights that I really appreciated and learned a lot from those two gentlemen. I thought Joe's fantastic. And just like you, I'd followed his blog, you know, since I'd been an adjuster. So, you know, getting a chance to sit down and talk to him, you know, I met him at conferences uh, over the last few years, but he just has a wealth of knowledge. So having somebody who, and I always love talking to those people who are sitting in positions where they are interacting with lots of different carriers and see lots of different problems and understand it maybe at a different, from a different vantage point than where I'm sitting. And I thought he brought a lot of that. Mike, you talked to the other big work comp guru in Bob Wilson with me. What stood out with our discussion with Bob for you, Mike? Yeah, Bob's a pretty captivating guy. I think he's he's very charismatic. He was fun to talk to. I, I think the biggest thing, and we've talked about it on other podcasts too, is just kind of changing the narrative of work comp. It, it's historically so adversarial and um, kind of slow and and you know statutory and everything else, and kind of changing some of the ways we say things and use different verbiage for both like, you know, recovery versus claimant and an adjuster. And and it just his talk about changing the narrative that goes along with work comp was pretty cool. And he has a different perspective, like you said, where he's not obviously not a carrier and he's not an employer. So it was interesting to get his perspective because he deals with with both. And he obviously deals with a lot of injured workers as well. So I thought he brought a unique perspective to our conversation from the, from that standpoint. What did you think? Yeah, I agree. I really like Bob. I think he brings a lot of energy and he's far enough away from the weeds that he's able to kind of see things maybe a little bit differently. And and I thought that that was really nice in that, you know, it's hard if you've been, if you come up through claims and you started as an adjuster, you've had enough times where you've been burned. And even if it's the 1%, those 1% can often be very loud and it's easy to get to a place where you feel, start to feel a little bit jaded. So having somebody who didn't go through that process and can look at it maybe from a different vantage point, say, you know what, like really what we're about is helping people recover from injuries. That's what we're here for. And how do we do that better? It was just fun to to have that uh, discussion with him and, and hear some of his ideas. Allison, you already mentioned it. You, you talked to Tendeka with me, and she's somebody I met through a friend who just brings so much energy to the claim space. And I think she was tackling a problem or is still a, ta- a problem that we're trying to figure out. How do we bring young people into this industry and how do we get them excited about insurance, which, you know, it's where meaning and purpose becomes such an important thing. Sometimes I think insurance kind of falls on the on the back burner as a less sexy job. So, so right. It, it, right. It's not... <laughs> I agree. It's not a glamorous field. It's not something that you grow up going, oh, I want to go into the insurance industry. Uh, it, it, little kids are thinking, oh, I want to be a firefighter or I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a doctor. Insurance is not on the forefront of people's minds. And her passion for the importance behind education, early education and getting people interested in the industry and all the benefits of it really fueled my fire, honestly, um, throughout our conversation. She brought some great ideas to you and I about how we can be more proactive in understanding our, our younger associates and, and the opportunities for mentorship and the opportunities to, to grow the industry and how that they can then translate those messages back to individuals that are still in college to get them interested in a, in a career. Obviously, insurance has been around a really long time. And you would think that there'd be more of a knowledge about it and, and the, the career, the opportunities in a career in insurance, and it's really not. And so I'm, her passion 
to to really draw people into it and understand and and to help young people find jobs. Honestly, colleges don't do the best job all the time of helping people get down a career path. And I love that her company does that. So from my perspective, it just fueled, like I said, fueled my fire. It generated some ideas for us to be thinking about at Berkeley Industrial Comp. And hopefully some other insurance companies will have an opportunity to to learn from her and, and grow because we need young professionals. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I really, if you're, in, if someone's listening to this and you sit in a place where you are responsible for figuring out how to retain and attract top talent, especially young talent, I definitely recommend you just go through and listen to that episode because she throws out so many resources and so many ideas that even if you tried three of them, you'd probably be better off. So yep. definitely something to uh, go back and take a listen to if you didn't catch it. Natalie, we, we talked about this briefly. You had the opportunity to interview Dr. Detling. So what's what was your big takeaway from Dr. Detling? He really cares about getting people back to work and back into you know whatever they enjoy doing. And I think that stems from, you know, he wanted to be an athlete and he had a career ending injury in high school and he knows what it's like to not be able to go back to doing what you love. And fortunately he was able to pivot and bring that passion into medicine and still be around athletes and workers. But that's what I took from it, that he genuinely cares about people and really wants to see them get back to doing what they love and getting back to be able to work for their families. And he understands her stresses. He does want to make it better. And the one thing that I've always watched from him over the last 14 years is he's always one that's getting up on the latest techniques, how to perfect his level of expertise. He's a lifelong learner. So that's what I took away from it. Yeah, I, I, I definitely sensed all those things too. I think the one thing that I hadn't really considered that was nice to hear from the other side was some of the frustrations with the work comp process yes. where he yes. was talking about like, <laughs> I tried to get this approved and utilization reviews looking at this and it's like a dermatologist or something that's looking at this orthopedic report. And uh, I'm like, you know, I get it. We don't want to pay for something we shouldn't, but like, I can't even really have an educated conversation with this person because their specialty doesn't line up. And there's some yes. things like that where you could see there, there are pain points, even on uh, the provider side, sometimes with the, the system. And it's not always insurance generated, sometimes it's statutory. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I really enjoyed his take on that. Matt, you, you had the chance to tackle nurse case management with me, which is something that we talked a little bit in some of the earlier seasons about, but not really at that level of depth where we actually spoke with a nurse case manager who was running her own company in Molly Kalen. Matt, what stood out to you in our episode with Molly? Oh, you know, Molly mentioned, and I don't, I don't remember the exact quote, but something about, you know, when, when a mistake happens that you take ownership. And I think, like I mentioned earlier, we get focused in on the negative a lot of times and we don't think of those negatives as opportunities. And and, you know, we learn from our failures and I've had a lot of those in my career. So I would consider myself very learned then maybe, but I think, <laughs> you know, her talking about that and saying, Hey, you know, you make a mistake, you take ownership. And that was a big piece of that. And, you know, we're all human that, you know, I value when you have that nurse out there and they're meeting with the injured employee, they're your eyes and ears on the ground. So she mentioned and talked about that and taking the ownership of that and how they humanize the situation and are 
you know, our, your, your medical expertise, a lot of times, either telephonically or with, with the injured employee at the doctor's office. So, you know, taking that and learning, you know, that you continue to, to grow and expand and, and, you know, just the injured employee as as Michael said, and we've said, you know, and how Bob just you know, mentions, you know, changing the lingo in, in workers' compensation, you know, when we're sending a nurse out there, it's not always, and it's not, you know, I would say it's not ever really a bad situation, right? We don't send them out there to, you know, do something to shorten the benefits. Yeah. Well, maybe, a, let me take that back. Maybe we do want to shorten the benefits. We want to get them back to work and we, that our intentions are good is what I'm trying to say. So I think she did a good job of relaying that and, you know, learning from those, her, her own failures and mistakes and how do we turn those failures into an opportunity to grow and learn. Absolutely. I, I still remember, I kind of chuckled even just thinking about it, her talking about how when she was early in her career and she had frustration with the doctor's office and she was complaining to the, the, the doctor about the, the office manager and how terrible the office manager was. And he's like, that's my wife. Right. <laughs> I just thought that was one of those moments. Whoops. It's like, you know, whoops. Yeah. yeah. So obviously you just learn over time, you know, patience and intact. And, you know, it was fun to hear that story from probably 20 years before when she was still learning, learning about workers comp. So, yeah. And I think she, she was a teacher, I believe it, uh, before. So she kind of had that teacher's heart and teacher's mentality of continuous learning and growth. So I think that probably helps her in that field and probably transfers into what she's, what the message she was trying to relay. But I mean, we all make those mistakes, you know, and sometimes we just kind of have to own it, move on and, and continue to, uh, to become better at, at what we're doing. Absolutely. Well, so Mike, I tease him a lot because he's, I always say he's gone to the dark side going to business dev as uh, starting out in claims. You know, for those who don't know, Mike, Hope, and I actually all started around the same time, all for the same employer. And then Mike and I independently ended up in different Berkeley companies, not realizing until later. It's like, well, wait a minute. I think our paths crossed. And Hope and Mike actually worked together in Chicago for a previous employer as managers. And we're on the same team together. So kind of small world in general. So we all, all claims people. and then. Mike has now gone to business development a little bit. And so that's okay. It's okay to go from the defense to the offense. Smell the jealousy, Greg. It's fine. <laughs> uh, so we need both, right? As uh, they say in Alabama, you win football games with defense and offense. You can't, you can't do it with uh, just one. So, But, Mike, uh, you had the opportunity to talk to Insurica with me and talk a little bit about the relationship from the agency perspective. And that's not always a window we see into very often from a claim standpoint. I even think probably some carriers almost never have exposure to that on the claim side. So what were some of the takeaways, though, for you on that, Mike? Yeah, I, I thought it was a good conversation. I think and it sounds like very straightforward, but the biggest thing he talked about was communication. I mean, I think in our industry, Overall, there's probably a lack of proactive communication and, and making sure that the right people are involved in conversations. And so, I mean, I think he shot, shouted out Nat, Natalie like 700 times. So I don't know what she paid him, but <laughs> it's just proof that when you develop a good relationship and you're proactive and you communicate, that good things happen with, with an agent. And then the other big thing, I don't remember who brought it up, was that every little thing that adjusters do in a, on a daily basis matters and more globally. 
And so just taking a step back sometimes, understanding that what you do and those little tasks you do every day are part of a bigger picture that delivers something to our agencies and to our policyholders is is a good reminder for everybody. So I think that's that's what I took away from it more than anything else. I couldn't agree more. I think communication was huge. And I think, you know, it really stood out when he talked about like, honestly, it doesn't matter which carrier you go with. They're all the same. They're all equally bad. And really what stood out to him eventually was just the importance of communication. And I think that's something we can all do a good job on. What's great about that is it's something anybody could tackle. You just have to decide, okay, we're going to, we're going to let people, we're going to let our agents know what's going on. We're going to communicate with them so that they have the information to be successful. So I thought it was a great takeaway of just some small things that we could do to really move the needle and, and was a, a, a good discussion overall. Now, Matt, I know we talked about this some already with Plethi and remote physical therapy. This is obviously new, and we were both trying to kind of get our arms around, well, what does this even mean? And I think I went into it assuming one thing, and as we got further into the interview, I really got to, I think I understood better their mission and what they were trying to accomplish. Not to rehash our conversation earlier, Matt, but what stood out to you with the Plethi discussion? Yeah, 100%. What, yeah, I, I was on, I did the 180 like you did thinking, oh, you know, this sounds interesting. I think I know where he's going, but then it was totally, you know, learned what the mission of, you know, the, <laughs> that the technology and how it's impacting and changing, you know, things so quickly, I think was the, the message like workers comp is probably the slowest you know, animal, right? We we don't change and we don't adjust quickly. And Raja was hitting this from, you know, the tech world. And we talked a lot about like, why did you come? Why did you do this? And and, and we joked like, well, he said, I, I saw the need. And I joked with him. I think I said something to the effect of, oh, well, there's a lot of problems in workers' comp that could be fi- fixed. So, uh, no, but he's tackling that head on. And I really learned a lot from that interview and talking to him and you know changing my own perspective of you know the home exercise program and and what Plethi is doing and augmenting physical therapy they're not substituting you know physical therapy and the benefit of the program so it again not a commercial for him either but you know just the the ideas and the impacts that one person and one organization can have on the industry and and we are very slow to change but it's coming and things are changing so I think we need to be ready for that. And, you know, the changes that Bob and everyone else is bringing that we've talked a little bit about before, like we have to be ready to adjust and to change and to be open to those changes. So I think that's the biggest thing I probably took away from that interview with, uh, with Raja was there's a lot of things I'm probably stuck in my ways on. And he really kind of opened my eyes on what else in the industry can be changed and how, how am I impacting that? And how can I be a part of that change? And, be more adaptable to that versus you know sticking to things that I've done historically because that's the way we've always done it type of mentality so uh, trying to break that down and and be a positive change I, I I agree and I think one thing that really stood out to me in that whole interview was just the gamification of doing something that is part of someone's rehab. Like I think about Fitbits and how Fitbits have changed things where people do step challenges and they challenge each other and they they can follow along on their phone and they can see their progress and they can compete against other people. And while there's not necessarily the competition aspect there, there 
is a certain fun factor almost of being able to open your phone up and track your progress and see how your home exercise is going. And I know for me, that's something that when I had some home exercise, I probably wasn't as compliant as I should have been. And I joke, I know several other people who I'm friends with that weren't as compliant. And you get those therabands and they sit in a box or on the table instead of actually being used the way that they were intended. And so anything to help move that forward. So then you don't have the unintended consequences of frozen shoulders and things like that. I just, I'm fascinated by it. So it'll be interesting to see how that fits into our, our space. Hope you had a, a really interesting one in that it's the only time we've actually talked to an injured worker that was one of our injured workers. And so Hope had the task of doing an interview with an injured worker, which is a bit different, right? Because a lot of the people who we talk to are used to speaking at conferences and, you know, giving presentations. And our interview that Hope and I did was with an injured worker who was a blue collar worker. Hope, talk about that. I'm so grateful Jamie was willing to to talk to us. I think he did a beautiful job of showing the humanity of insurance, right? That our injured workers are so much more than an injured worker and a claim, right? That they're a family, they have personal struggles. They, you know, he talks a lot about his daughter as being his motivation. And if we're, you know, not just treating our injured worker, but seeing them holistically. That, that we can get them, you know, that, that we can help provide them better services. And Jamie, you know, he, he was such a unique, not a unique injury in terms of catastrophic injuries, right? He had a, a very significant tra- traumatic brain injury, so much so that we quite frankly weren't sure whether or not he was going to make it. And he has had a full recovery, which is phenomenal and had it very, very, very quickly. He was back to work regular duties in four months and, and, you know, talking to him about that experience and and listening to him talk through the mindset that he had to have in order to continue to progress himself and the importance of having a positive mindset, but also not only having the positive mindset, but, but recognizing that not every day are you going to wake up happy, right? Not every moment are you going to be just like, oh, I can do this. I can do this but recognizing that it's the bounce back, right? That, that you can you're, allow yourself to have that moment for those 30 minutes. And then you need to redirect yourself and that ability to pivot yourself and to pivot your mind to keep yourself moving forward. And I genuinely believe that had he not had that mindset, his outcome would have been significantly different. Heck, we see that quite often, right? In our cases. And the difference in an in, in injured worker having a positive outlook on their capabilities. And, and something important to, I think Natalie may have even mentioned her interview with the gentleman talking about, you know, getting back to things you love, right? It's not just about getting back to work, right? It's about getting them back to, he talks about not being able to lift his seven month old daughter post injury, getting him to be able to lift up his daughter and get to play with her and having something, knowing them well enough to be able to help them redirect when necessary, right? But also for them to have that focus of, of motivation changes outcomes on, on how their recovery occurs. I love that. You know, I, I think we're so focused on return to work, which is great. That's what we're supposed to be doing. But sometimes we forget that might not be the number one motivator for somebody. It might be holding their daughter. It might be 
And he talked about taking a certain number of steps to get from his bed to the chair. Yeah. Those small steps, those small goals were really what helped him move forward. And I was impressed with that. I just thought about my own life and how many, how, how many of the successes I've had have come from small steps like that. And Mm -hmm. and so it was just a a reminder Mm -hmm. to me even of like how, how you, how you succeed in things. So it was great. And giving yourself grace to not be okay, right? He he talks a lot about right. this. You know, J- Jamie was, I mean, he's been in blue collar work all of his life, right? And he, when he's not at work, he's always doing stuff outside. He's never inside. He talks about he spends very little of his day inside, right? His interview was go, outside. Right. So then you go from having this injury where now you're bed bound for a bit. And then you're told, no, you have to sit in this chair, you know, this recliner. And you can really only move from, you know, maybe 10 feet at a time and, and what that does to somebody and him giving himself the grace that that's okay for this moment, right? That yep. This is not where I'm ultimately going to be. And I have this goal and I'm going to get there and being okay with it. Having the grace for yourself is, is huge. That's great. So from there, Mike and I tackled meeting with Brad Cantwell on structured settlements. And so when you hear structured settlements, I, I remember thinking, well, I don't know if we can do this. I don't know if this is going to be, if anybody will be able to like make it, make the, make it through. But man, Brad was great. Mike, what were your takes on Brad and structured settlements? Yeah. I mean, when you first told me I was doing that one, I thought it was gonna be a snooze fest if I'm being hundred percent honest, like structured <laughs> settlements is not the most fun topic. And it was actually the one I liked the most in, in all the ones I did this season. It, it, I mean, a little bit of what Hope was talking about, and it's tough to follow up Hope because she had a lot to say and it was very insightful. But motive, so it, it, we work in a world that's so regimented. And I think one of the things I took away or the biggest thing is that structured settlements can actually allow for a lot of creativity when it comes to settlement. And one of the biggest things is understanding and knowing what motivates the person you're working with to help them kind of plan for what they need and what they want and utilize the structure for that. And it's a win-win for both sides. So. Not only that, I think you talked a lot about, you know, mediations are generally very adversarial, which they they are inherently. And this is a way to kind of break that down and really focus on what people maybe want or need a little bit more than we do. And looking at the fact that there can be an outcome that makes both sides happy. So it was fascinating talking to him and, and how long he's been in the industry. And it was much more interesting than I thought it would be, Greg. He, he had some great stories of just, you know, win-win situations where he was able to make an impact on somebody's life. And, and I actually, I think what I found the most interesting is that like what it seemed like anyway, what keeps him going or what gets him up is finding these solutions that make people be able to move on with their lives and find happiness. And I was just like, you know, that makes sense. And so I really appreciated him and the time he spent with us and thought, thought there were some great things there. And really, it opened my eyes. There's probably some opportunities that we've missed with some injured workers where we could use that to really help them reach what they're looking for and, and also meet our needs. I think we missed the boat on a lot because people are scared to use them. I think people just don't understand it. They don't understand the process, how it works, how to get them involved. And so I think it's one of those things as an adjuster, when you have 500 things to do, you're like, I don't even know where to start. And so, I mean, it's it's as simple as they're the experts, give them a call, involve them in the case and and let them kind of do what they do. But yeah, I think it's an opportunity that's missed a ton, especially for me when I was an adjuster and a manager, we just don't use them enough. I agree. 
if structures were going to be difficult, I took Matt and I said, let's go tackle Medicare. Let's do two episodes on it. <laughs> let's let's start with the with the metros and uh, talk about you know the funded accounts and then go right from there to uh, Medicare compliance, which has to be the most exciting thing. You know, I, I don't know if the World Cup can compare to Medicare compliance. But but Matt and I had the task of tackling that. So Matt, what was your take on those two? Man, talk, you know, Mike was talking about snooze fest. I got thrown under the bus with the snooze fest right now. Like I think Andrea did a great job with, you know, the financing of Medicare and talking about the alternative options of what a administered account or self-administered account would look like in that aspect of the MSA process. So, you know, there are so many options. I think we get stuck in that mindset of this is how we do it. Uh, They're at MMI. I offer a settlement. It's got to be a lump sum. I give them that lump sum. But what you were talking about earlier about what does the injured employee really want? What's their motivation? Are they worried about that knee replacement and what they're going to do in 15 years? How do you address that with them? So those three, these three really built on each other with the structures, the, the administered accounts, and then talking to Dan on uh, the MSA process and getting the approval from CMS or not getting the approval from CMS, which could be its own debate and episode, maybe a future, future episode. But yeah, I, I thought those three were nice back to back to back because they all do interchange so, so much. And th- there's a lot of confusion in the industry about MSAs and does it need to be submitted to CMS and what's compliant? You know, when do we administer this? When do we not administer this? When do we submit this? When do we not submit this? So clarifying some of that and removing some of the, some of that misinformation is great. Dan offered it, you know, if you wanted to call him and get a free, free, you know, free, you get what you pay for, but he, even throw it out there like, hey, if you have a question about this stuff, call me, you know, and, you know, he's a Medicare compliance officer at, at a very large MSA company. So, you know, again, learned a lot. Those, you know, appreciated speaking to, to both of them and spreading that information. So hopefully somebody learned a little nugget and they can you know, move that forward and they can take a different approach. Like, yeah, this is a case that can be resolved. And the injured employee, if you're an injured employee out there listening, here's how you protect yourself. And if you want to have, you know, future medical consideration, it's not about getting that. And we always, you know, I think Dan or somebody threw out the buying the boat and buying the truck or whatever, like that's unfortunately, again, the the negative kind of stereotype that we've thrown out there with, oh, when you settle your case, you go do this. It's like, you know, that's not the intention. And most people, you know, really have legitimate, like, hey, how am I going to care for my medical needs in the future? How am I going to do this? Will this money cover that? And kind of demystifying that, demonstrating how we can help you. Here's how you can continue medical and be in charge of it, right? Because I think our biggest thing and my biggest thing that I preach at Midwest is how do we put the injured employee back in control you know, let's give them the control back so that they don't have to call the TPA, third-party administrator, or they don't have to call the administrator, or they don't have to call the insurance company and say, I, I want to get approval to go back to the doctor. Like, let's put it back in their hands so they can manage their own future medicals. So I think that's a lot of what I would, you know, I would say those two episodes really did a good job of 
how do we how do we put it back to the injured employee? How do we fund that and get them in a situation where they're comfortable administering their own medical going forward? And and it's not just throwing it back at them so that they have, you know, it's all overwhelming, you know, like how do we ease them back into it as well? So I think those three episodes, the one you, you and Michael just talked about, and then this these two do a lot of that. No, I, I agree. And I think they're both complicated topics, but I thought they both the guests did a nice job of making them understandable, which is sometimes complicated when you start getting into regulations and compliance. And they both did a really nice job explaining the why behind why they exist and how how to go about doing that. And and I don't think we I don't think you quote anyone quoted any like legislation or anything. So it wasn't <laughs> they did not. Yeah. They did not. So, so we made it through with that without uh without that i think we glossed over chris moore a little bit and i think that was one episode that i you know i don't want to go backwards too much but i thought he did a great job he was a recruiter a national insurance recruiter just real quick you know when we talk about you talked about uh, tendika and getting young people in, in interested but we also want to get people to stay right so chris talked a lot about what what keeps employees at you, at you know, if you're the insurance carrier, if you're the TPA out there, what keeps employees? And I think you know, if you want to learn a little bit of insight of what makes them leave and what makes them stay, I'd go back and listen to Chris Moore's interview. And two really quick takeaways there were: it's not none of this is rocket science, right? It's common. A lot of it is common sense. He mentioned that you know what makes people leave a lot of times is they only talk to their manager or supervisor when they're in trouble. And that's bad, right? Like we need to change that as an industry. We need to communicate with people and be, you know, when you, if you're looking, Chris was a professional or a uh, college basketball player. And I don't know if he went on to play professionally or not, but anyway, he talked about coaching and what do coaches do? You know, if you're in basketball, you pull the guy to the side immediately and you correct his mistakes so that he can get back on the court and be a, a performer immediately. And he learns immediately. And how do you think they learn from that mistake? They go back out there instantly and and fix their error, fix you know what they're working on. So I think you know as managers, that's something we can do better. And then what makes people stay, right, is feeling valued. You know the opposite, right? How do you make them feel valued? You know, so increasing that likelihood that they're going to stay, make them feel valued. The only time you're talking to them shouldn't be when you want to correct a mistake or call them into your office or call them into a room. And make them feel anxious and antsy. So, I mean, common sense stuff there. I think very valuable. Great, great interview. Found out that you know he he played against my college team, and you know he he's a great guy and doing some good stuff out there too. I completely agree on that, and I'm glad you brought him up. We almost missed that that discussion, and you know a lot of people don't probably don't know this, but I've got the stats behind the scenes. That's actually our most listened to episode of this last season was what causes people to stay and what causes them to leave. And so that obviously resonated with people going through, I think what has been an unusual hiring season post COVID world, or, or I guess, I guess we're still in it. I don't know if we'll ever officially be done, but the world definitely changed. And he did a nice job of really talking about things that haven't changed. It's really the same things. He just spent time on it and re-reminded us of, of what causes uh, employees to to leave their employment and go elsewhere. So thank you for catching that, Matt. Overall, I just want to thank each of you for your involvement. It's a ton of time. Everybody who does this volunteers time, 
None of us has wears a podcaster hat where that's a full-time job. So uh, we all do this as an extra thing. And I appreciate everybody's time in doing that and the energy that they bring to it. I'm also excited about these this upcoming season. We've got some fun stuff planned. There will be two best of episodes where I go through and share, reshare some actual audio clips of some of my favorite quotes throughout the time that I've been doing adjusted. So stay tuned in for that. And then we'll go right into the next season, which will take us to the end of the year. We've got some great things lined up already. Scheduled recording is already happening. And so I'm excited about that. You know, we're going to talk about from an economist perspective of workers comp, which we've never done that. So that'll be totally off the radar. And we're going to hit on a couple other things that we've just never had the opportunity to do. So uh, looking forward to that. Hope you join us for that. And remember to do right, think differently, and don't forget to care. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks. Thanks.